can we navigate in a world where truth is relative? Can you understand the question if the truth of language is relative? I mean, that in itself destroys the question. But let's get into it today as we watch your culture stray further every day. Howdy. Jonathan Fiala here uh, for Further Every Day, sitting today for the first time in a long time in the chair of theology. And uh, to my left now, I've got uh, Mr. Charlie. How's it going? It is good. It's good to be here. Long time no see. It has been three months, I, almost three months. So happy to have you back in studio and we back are around. Glad to get after it again. It is fantastic. Yep. Yes, sir. In the chair of philosophy, I see, dealing with the rigor the Christian must bring to his left. We got the Steve. How's it going? Right on, sir? man. I'm here doing the culture thing and doing the uh, what's not right. Yeah, and well, politically, not culturally or politically, politically correct. 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 We were talking about uncultured that, swine earlier. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's I, about. I, I, I guess I you guys missed fall it. in that category somewhere. That was a good yeah. conversation. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, he, Mr. Pomeroy hasn't seen uh, Fitter on the Roof, so I called him an uncultured swine in a loving way because I love him um, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Jesus. Okay. So let's let's get into it today. So we, we live in a world that has declared itself to be post-truth in a society that is is postmodern. It is po is beyond, after postmodernism came quote unquote like as post-truth, and so. I find that to be really fascinating because the first question I have to ask is, is, is that we're in a post-truth era. The first question I have to ask is, is that true? Mm. And, and I'll tell you what, for, for people that, that might not understand what we mean when we say post-truth, there's two things that I want to bring out here, and I think it'll, it will drive it home. Um, and before I get into these definitions... I want to encourage everybody to think about something when I hate to say the term ancestors. Let me, let me go back a few generations when your great grandma, great grandpa, you know, dealt with things. Did they believe in, in absolute truth? Yes, this is the way. Or were they fuzzy about it? They weren't fuzzy. They weren't at all. Listen to these definitions. Post-truth. Relating to or denoting circumstances in which objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than appeals to emotion and personal belief. Okay, now that's a, I'm going to call that a worldly look yeah. at, at the definition there. Okay, let me go to a different one now. Let me go to, um, this is more of a, a spiritual look, if you will. Postmodern, and I'm going to relate this to postmodern Christianity. Same concept, okay? Postmodern Christianity is just as difficult to lock down in a concise definition as postmodernism itself. What started in the 50s in architecture as a reaction to modernistic thought and style was soon adopted by the art and literary world in the 70s and 80s. The church didn't feel, really feel this effect until the 90s. Now watch this. This reaction was a dissolution of cold, hard fact in favor of warm, fuzzy subjectivity. Think of anything considered postmodern, then stick Christianity into that context, and you have a glimpse of what postmodern Christianity is. And might I say, extend it even more, you have an understanding of post-truth. 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to use an analogy on here that's, that some of you are, are, are going to find to be filthy, and, and, and that's okay. Uh, the truth is, in the middle of the night, when you have to go to the bathroom, you have to get up and go to the bathroom to relieve yourself. Or you can sit there and feel warm and fuzzy and deny the fact that mm. you have a biology. Mm. And you can do whatever you want. You you are free to do that. You are free to sit in 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 the filth of of delusion. But, but what's the reality? But, but the reality is is that even though you're warm and fuzzy, there will come a day where you are cold, and, or a moment where you are cold and you regret everything that you've done. And that's something that I think I think we've really we've really seen fall out in our in our culture, and we have this idea that it's more important to be nice than it is to be correct. We see that in the culture, don't we, Mr. Steve? Oh, man, yeah. Can you imagine? I'll get you. Yeah, I'll get you too. <laughs> I, I was going to jump in on something there, but go Steve, go. to the store and, you know, you're being rude to somebody, and instead of being correct on what you're talking about and you're rude, man, you, the whole line of people behind you, Provided, depending on their age range, you know, you can run into, you know, 20 people standing back there videoing it and then posting it on, you know, TikTok or whatever and, you know, saying how horrible of a person you are and you need to be a whole lot nicer because of this person that was a cashier was being bad to you first off and you're just responding to their you know, to what they're saying and all they're catching on their video is what you're saying because they don't like truth, what you are saying. Truth from perspective takes precedence over truth from the reality, the overarching reality. And, and, and that's something that I think has really done the world a disservice. And I, and I want to get to some of the stories. We're going to talk about the sub explosion today. We're going to talk about uh we're going to talk about a couple of uh, the, the Hotez Rogan debate debacle, and mm-hmm. we're talking about a couple of other things. Uh, people moving out of San Francisco, just consequences of not heeding truth. But I know that you you wanted to say something. Well, I think part of the issue that we have, and and I would say this, that as Christians, we I believe we be, bear the responsibility in in shaping things. It's not to tell people that you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. The Holy Spirit will do that. He's he's responsible for that work. We don't need to get involved in that. However, can we go ahead and share with people and explain, you know, where the the wrong is and and just keep moving? I think we've gotten into a place where we think that we absolutely must win the argument at all costs and if you win the argument and crush your quote unquote enemy, you haven't won anything. Well, I like what uh, uh, Ben Shapiro said. You know, says after a certain point, you, you, you just keep owning the libs and now you have a plantation full of them and, and then you got to feed them and you got to clothe them. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I mean, it said maybe you want to win them over. <laughs> I, I think one of the most profound <laughs> statements that, that Barbara Bush, and I'm talking the, the younger uh, Barbara, uh, George W.'s wife. I think one of the most profound statements that she made, especially early on in, in his presidency, and I'm not here to advocate for or against his presidency. I'm just telling you a statement 
that to me reflect, reflected very strongly as a Christian. And that was, we must win their hearts. What do you think Satan is doing? That's the whole business that he's engaged in right now. It's about winning hearts. Whose hearts? Children's hearts. Because he knows that's a shapeable, moldable place to go. And if he can win that heart, he wins the future. Yes. Yeah. Why do we teach our, our children about, about Jesus and, and, and God? Well, we could teach them about evil. Go ahead and tell me where we're getting with that. And that's exactly what our culture is doing right now. We are placing an emphasis on those things which are evil. And, and those things which are, which are frivolous as well. Yes. And, and that's something that I think is really, it, it's, it's costed it, diversity, equity, inclusion. It, we, we've always said that, yes, it could cause, uh, it could cost a life. But now I think we actually are seeing that in the sub story. If you could pull that up, Mr. Producer on the Firefox capture. Um, I think, um, I think it's phenomenal as far as a case study of what we see in the sub, the failure of the open ocean gate sub. Yeah. Go ahead and pull, pull, pull that up, that headline. And so, uh, and during this whole debacle, director James Cameron says he quote unquote knew the submersible was destroyed four days before the debris was found. By the way, Go ahead and pull this one up if you can. Uh, the Navy knew that the submersible was destroyed. Go ahead and pull that up. Yeah, thank you. The Navy also knew. James Cameron knew from a guess, a gut feeling. The Navy knew that things were imploded. And there's something sinister about that, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but James Cameron, I want you to pull up that YouTube clip from James Cameron. I know I have you bouncing. It's going to be on the YouTube capture. And yes, yeah, start it from that, uh, uh, if you would, start it from that appropriate mark. Uh, yes. Let's go ahead and roll it. I believe it's a minute and a half clip. Go ahead and roll that for us, Mr. Producer. Make sure you bring it up on the screen, too. Finite element analysis. Uh, we worked on our sphere for our, for our deep, deep vehicle that went to the Challenger Deep for over three years, just in the computer. He's an expert. Before we even made the thing, and then of course we, we pressure tested it over and over and over, uh, and so on. So, you know, this is a mature art, and many people in the community were very concerned about this sub. And a number of, of uh, you know, of the top players in the, in the uh, deep submergence engineering community even wrote letters to the company saying that what they were doing was too experimental to carry passengers and that needed to be certified and and so on. So I'm I'm struck by the similarity of the Titanic disaster itself where the captain was repeatedly warned about ice ahead of his ship and yet he steamed at full speed into an ice field on a moonless night and many people died as a result and for a very similar tragedy where Warnings went unheeded to take place at the same exact site with all the diving that's going on all around the world. Uh, I, I think it's just astonishing. It's really quite surreal. And of course, PH. Go ahead and, and, and pause it there. So the, the problem that they brought up, and so for, for those who don't know, and Mr. Steve has, has actually done some deep dive on this and, it, you know, chime in. The thing that they had was 
they had a carbon fiber wrapped submersible. And so the way that carbon fiber works, for those who do not know, and you're, you're thinking right, Mr. Producer, uh, the way carbon fiber works, for those who don't know, is that you wrap this, this bundle of fibers, and then you lay up some epoxy resin over it, and then you lay another layer oh, over right. it, and then another, and you do that over a titanium inner shell, an inner core. And that's how they built this. That's how they built this. What... What everyone said, including the engineer who was fired and then sued for a libel for speaking up and saying that this was lethal, this was scary. He said, that's not a good idea. But the problem with this guy was, is that he was 50 years old and white and he wasn't inspiring the way the all women crowd that they took photos of the uh uh the uh the queer whatever it, whatever the heck that tiktoker was who was sent down and and died you know and again I, right. it brings me no joy at all that these people died especially the the six 17 year old boy it brings me no joy there's zero rejoicing zero rejoicing just to be clear but everyone saw it coming this is a, a product of not accepting truth. Truth is the most important asset that any one person can possess. And when you start to mess with it, you are going to put yourself in a path that is not going to be good at all. If you think about all the the different tragedies over the years, and I'm talking, let's talk um, NASA, okay? Um, the Space Shuttle Challenger has to be one of the most heartbreaking things to have ever watched. Could that have been prevented? There was someone who actually attempted, who whistled Thank blue you. and attempted to get it Thank you. fixed. Why? Because they believed in a truth of science that said, that's not good, and that's not going to work. When the, uh, the space shuttle Endeavor came back and just literally dissipated over Texas in the Southeast. Endeavor or Columbia? Uh, Columbia, sorry. Yeah, I remember Columbia. When you, could that have been prevented? Maybe, maybe not. But here's the key. When the first space shuttle went, went up and came back, what was the concern? Does anybody remember? Yes, the, um, the shield. The tiles. tiles That's exactly underneath. right. Yep. Here's what I'm getting at. What they were talking about with that sub is exactly right. Was it tested? Was it adequately tested? I, I honestly believe that if we would do more testing... We would not in, be in the position of watching a sub disintegrate. Well, and, and, and here's why it did, because it was carbon fiber. It, this is There's a philosophical aspect to this that's really interesting, because carbon fiber, like I said, is a two-part, at least two-part composite. It's actually a lot more, You're but right. at minimum, two-part composite. And it works as a, not as a pressure vessel, but as a pressurized vessel. You can have a carbon fiber spaceship as long as you have a, a shielding system that keeps it from disintegrating on reentry. As long as you have a coating on the outside, you could have a carbon fiber spaceship because you fill it full of pressure and it'll exp 
expand, and the pressure is coming from the inside out. The carbon fiber in the context of a compression, you have this thin titanium inner tube, and every time they went down, there were reports from reporters, from a few different people, where they Three said times they hear the her crackling. And That's what, scary. It should have been a scrap the hull, we are redoing this. Yep. It, and, and the reason why is because it's the same reason why this guy hired people based on diversity, equity, and inclusion, because he's living in a different reality. And, and I don't want this to sound terrible, like, 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 like I'm prejudiced against, against him because of his political beliefs. But what I'm saying is you have a, a habit and a record of this guy actively dismissing reality. And it's in his religiously held beliefs, secular humanist beliefs. Sorry, that, that is a religious belief. It is in the way that he handled science. It's the way he ran his company. Sounds like a narcissist. Absolutely. It, it, and it shows edges of it, doesn't it? Yeah, immensely. Yeah. And there's one other thing on some of the research that I'd done on this was that in regards to the carbon fiber type of research vehicles that they've used that were even unmanned that they used, now – when they did tests on these, they would send one down to a certain depth, use it, and typically after the very first test, they were done with them because of the problems that they would run into. If it was done a second time, oh, you can guarantee it was going to be scrapped because after that, they were finding cracks in them. And third time, it, you know, you can count on problems happening, guaranteed it was going to implode or or something was there were going to be major problems, guaranteed. And that is something that's well-established science. But again, who wasn't there? The people with experience. And the reason they were kicked out was not because of some sort of uh, philosophical misunderstanding about, sci about the scientific research method. There was nothing about, well... Uh, what you're not doing a good job. It wasn't that you didn't show up early or late or whatever. It was all the focus of you're white, right? And you're Correct. old. And I want someone who is 20 years old on this as a 20 something year old. I have no problem with wanting to hire new people. What I do have a problem is you taking science and research and years of human experience, throwing it out the window and saying, Oh, because this kid is 20-something years old, he is somehow smarter, better, and wiser than a something 50-something-year-old white man, although that'll never happen to me because I am white. If I was, has played <laughs> immense numbers of computer games. If was I was the whole a, idea. If I was a queer, trans-abled man, I could, I could uh, you know, and, and transracial man, I, I'd, Get jobs I'd be good like to go. Snap. But as a, as a straight, as a straight uh, white man. If, if I could just add something in, in illustration to this, because I think this would home in really good for some of you out there that that maybe don't hold to the christian belief in in the christian worldview you can remove and be as passionate as you want you can remove people you can remove the voices that claim they are speaking truth you can passionately believe something that is quote unquote not true your passionate belief is not going to make you right. 
You can go ahead and look in an electric socket and you can say, that's not electric. That's not going to hurt me. It's not going to do anything to me. You can passionately, passionately believe that. And my friend, you will stick your finger in that socket and you will come to the reality that it indeed will hurt you. So for those of you that, that believe that silencing those that you don't agree with is the best way to go, I caution you, they are maybe the very voices that will keep you alive. You have, just to, because you have to welcome you, that. Just because you believe it doesn't make it so. Yeah, and, Especially when it's not so. And just because the experts say that it works uh, does not mean that it is so. Bringing us to our next story, the San Francisco story. I want to bring this up. And so remember we said that it does kill. It does change. We have an instance of diversity, equity, inclusion, or wokeism killing right here, where we have people who died because uh, they, the uh, scientists were too white, what have you. It'll be on the Firefox uh, or YouTube capture is where you're going to want it. Yeah, if you could pull up that one starting at uh, zero and going to 34 seconds. If you can pull that up, sir. Uh, Troubling trend of businesses leaving San Francisco, raising concerns over the city's future. Research shows empty storefronts and abandoned office space are on the rise. KTVU's Brooks Duro is live tonight in downtown San Francisco with what can possibly be done here to turn things around. Brooks? I think. Well, Mike, they say it's going to take some heavy lifting and a multi-pronged approach. First, cleaning up the streets. Next, preventing crime and stopping retail theft. And third, figuring out what to do with all of those empty spaces and reimagining those abandoned storefronts. Okay, pause it. Okay, so the, by the way, again, links in the description below, as always. But uh, just all you have to do to fix San Francisco is he got things kind of flipped up there. All you have to do to do San Francisco right is mm. enforce the law, prevent more damage lower the taxes get rid of the politicians and stop and well and here's the thing they're milking milking san francisco dry and and it is a i I was just out there uh, a month ago and i walked through human excrement and needles there was a mix-up with the rental car something happened i had to carry 120 pounds of luggage slash medical equipment uh, for for work, and I worked. Th- I walked through hypodermic needles and human feces. I hope you were wearing your boots. John. I was wearing boots. I was wearing okay, these. Good I was deal. wearing these boots, man. Good deal. That's why they're brown. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> for those on audio, it, 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 uh, yeah, hey, you, you get it. Get it. Uh, <laughs> No, in all seriousness, though, it was it was a really sad thing because I'm walking out outside of Rivian's headquarters and there's a mental defective pouring Gatorade on human poop. And uh, and this is outside of if, if you don't know what Rivian is, it's one of the most successful electric car companies It's in Palo Alto before I had to go into uh, San Fran proper um, about an hour away. And uh, uh, it was just amazing to me to see one of the richest companies in the world. Uh, and, then, and then you've got someone outside pooping on the street and then pouring Gatorade on it. And, and just because the person's not well. And so you've got this immense wealth. But then in the, in the for lack of a better word, in the, the, the incredible, incredible 
just lack of respect for humanity. They allow mm. these people to stand outside and they say it's it's only it's only merciful. It's only kind to let these people sit outside and do this. And it's like that is not merciful. That is not kind. And if you didn't allow it, they wouldn't do it. A lot of them would not do it. I would agree. And in what yeah. you're talking about here, you it's know, no what what can they do to fix it? Well, I, I would agree with what Steve said there a moment ago. Nothing. If you're going to maintain the current thought process that it's merciful and you can radically change it if you want to change your attitude. This is an example where it doesn't work. This is an example of you think you're, you're doing the right thing. You think you've got your hands on truth. You don't. Yeah. The truth is you're only exacerbating the problem to a deeper level. It's it's like trying trying to treat an infection, and the infection isn't isn't going away. It's getting bigger. And I I, I think tinfoil's hat out or tinfoil hats out. I think that there is something to it. Only if you want to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but j just just the hypothetical tinfoil hat on here. Um, why are they giving the homeless hypodermic needles? And drugs. Oh I my mean, gosh! Why are we paying for that as a taxpayer? It's almost, it's almost as if there's a desire to do that. You see how they were talking about repurposing the storefronts? It's the greatest wealth transfer that's ever that's happened. That's a great where point. The, where the middle class this is chair of economics from Vermont. Pretend I'm over there, right? But this is the biggest wealth transfer that has ever ever occurred. What you are seeing right now is the transfer of wealth. You're losing your children's future. You're losing all of the work that you put in. If you are a middle-class family, let's say, God forbid, that you're an entrepreneur. Oh, my gosh, you're evil. Uh, yeah. Let's say that, that you are this person who has worked hard. You sacrificed. Everyone was out playing when you were a kid and, and, and 19, 20, 30 years old. And you saved. You worked hard. You, you, you didn't get married until you were ready. You had everything lined up and you saved. Now, because in San Francisco, and they want to do this everywhere, now because of bad government policies, it's no longer safe to be outside and people leave your bakery or your or coffee shop or whatever the heck it is. And they say, I don't want to be here. Well, guess what? Everything that you built, all of that tax money that you paid in, now someone like BlackRock or Vanguard can come in and buy that material. But guess what? Who's running BlackRock and Vanguard? People like Larry Fink, who are in the Treasury, who are writing policy and dictating some of this stuff. Yeah. You yep. have the greatest conflict of interest, where you have people who are absolutely coming in. And from a theological perspective, just sitting in the chair of theology here for a moment, um, you have the people that God entrusted safety, security, and prosperity to stealing all of the above and harming the innocent. Here we go. Here's, here's an analogy. Mm -hmm. We have currently the fox guarding the hen house and expecting all of the hens to be there in the morning. Yeah. I mean, really? This is where I go back to people, encouraging people to think back to their great-grandmas, their great-grandpas. What would they have said about stuff like this? Would they have, would they have said that we're being merciful to those who, who need to use drugs and they, they want to live on the street? They would have never accepted that. Dude, they would have felt. Yeah. But here's the got weird thing. Whip. 
here's the weird thing about postmodernism. They make the case that what grandma and grandpa thought not only doesn't matter, it is evil. What grandma and grandma what grandma and grandpa thought was evil. That's the case that they've made. And that's what we've allowed kids so, in the social Marxist uh, schools. Yeah, that's correct, what we've allowed correct, them to yeah. teach our kids to do. And this is where you, young people, you need to think this through. This is why I don't believe people that are ill-prepared to think should be going to college. They should not be in a classroom. When we do our Bible studies here, we're not trying to dictate. We want people to think. I've often said, you go ahead and you teach evolution in the school. Have at it, baby. You want to speak a month on teach, a month on evolution, you do that. But you make sure you spend a month teaching on creationism. Creation. And thank you. Nice. Because the one thing is, guys, is that when you put the, the stuff on the table, anybody who can think through it can come to the right conclusion. Now let me ask you this question. Why do you think that we've got so many coming out of our colleges and universities so screwed up in the head. It's very easy. They are not allowed to think. Well, one thing that I see is you see kids go in, and then you see them come out with blue hair. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, what? 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 Wait a minute. It's because they, it's because they're designed by design colleges and again you know look I understand just someone's going to say well did you go to college it's like yeah actually I dropped out now I had a reason for it my my family and I lost our home and a business it took our whole property I went from making between thirty and eighty dollars an hour doing manufacturing work to Zilch overnight I said I'm not going to go in for a business administration degree but I went in for a business administration degree thinking this is a crock. But here's what I'm going to do. I at least want to have the sheet of, in, in hand so that when I'm doing business with people, they can see a business degree on my wall. Because mm -hmm. it's a minimum uh, show of you have done this much. Okay, so that's where I'm coming from. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is most colleges today, most colleges today are set up to create not thinkers, but obeyers. And it's something that's very pernicious. They want you to be a good little citizen by their model. That's why they don't teach you civics. That's why all these kids come out of college and they think that we're a democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a representative republic. republic. And, and that is very important. That keeps, that was, it was partly done so that it would free the slaves. It was partly mm -hmm. done so that it would eventually free the slaves. They did that so that they wanted more power over moral issues so that they could free the slaves because they couldn't quite get it done in the Congress and the British were at the door. The dragon was at the door. They had to fight and they had to get everyone in the room ready to fight the dragon. And they said, okay, we will deal with this later. But they put in a lot of protections. They were hoping. They were hoping the three-fifths compromise was either we have a civil war while fighting Britain or we say, no, you can't vote for these people. We will give you three-fifths of a vote because these people are there, but you cannot have a full vote. We, de we deny you that. I appreciate you bringing up a really good point, and I want to make people 
make sure people understand this. I'm not saying that college and universities is out of the question. There are some that are still left. They're getting fewer and fewer. But what you just said there a moment ago about some colleges and universities are merely interested in making you obeyers. That is spot on truth right there. That is spot on absolute truth right there. And you'll find a number of them in areas of the country that are really struggling. Can you say San Francisco? Can you say Los Angeles? Can you say Oregon? Can you say Washington? We've got a gentleman in one of our Bible studies that moved here from Washington. Why? Because, man, I'll tell you what, it is unbelievably oppressive it, to just try to live as a Christian. Yeah, I, I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. And, guys, here's the bottom line. And, and I want to say this again. You can be as passionate as you want that you believe what you believe is actually truth. And you can silence all those who are saying no and disagreeing with you. My dear friend, your passion in all the world does not necessarily make you right. And it could prove very costly. And I think we are watching that in our country right now. And you absolutely see it in academia. And Mm. and all of this is is, is kind of a a decent segue into the next story. If you could pull that up, the Hotez debate between Hotez and Joe Rogan. And this was a debate that never happened. This was a debate that that should have happened, but uh, they never quite got together because something interesting that Dr. Hota said. So just to set this up, before we get there, I've got to set this up. Joe Rogan said, hey, Dr. Hotez, you say that what RFK Jr. is saying about the vaccines being ineffective and even deleterious to some people. We're talking about, and the word vaccines, not even, it's a misnomer. It's not a vaccine. It is an mRNA injection. Whereas vaccines, we know vaccines work. I'm sorry. And, and I disagree with RFK a little bit that there's no place for vaccines. I will say, I think giving a kid 70 of anything within six months is insane. 70 injections with multiple things. Uh, that's nuts. Don't. Yeah. I don't want anything like that in my kid. You do not have to get my kid vaccinated against hepatitis B. Okay. Like when, when they're, when they're two weeks old, that is not necessary. So he and I could, could agree on that. But what, what, what RFK is saying is, is there's a lot of evidence that we have some weird coagulation happening. There's a lot of garbage that happens in the bloodstream. And Joe Rogan says, Hey, Hotez, you have personally called me out. You've called me this, this, and that. And uh, Hotez comes back and goes, well, I wasn't really. And Rogan says, no, no, no. You you retweeted this bleep post from Washington Post or whoever it was. He says, no, no, no. You have publicly outed me. And I'm, I'm challenging you. I will host a debate between you and RFK Jr. And you. And I will pay you $100,000 to the charity of your choice. But to, before it was done... Andrew Tate uh, uh, and two other guys said, absolutely. By the time you're done, it had $2 million to any charity that Dr. Hotez would have liked. He could have had $2 million donated to any charity that he liked just for showing up and, at, and asking questions on a no time limit, 
You can talk as long as you want. Debate. And Hotez said no. Here is why we see in the news. You can pull that up, Mr. Producer. Now, Hotez again saying he is not afraid of talking about vaccine misinformation. He's afraid of debating what he says is science. He says it is undebatable. So Joe Rogan, as you know, one of the largest podcasts in the country on Spotify so far, millions have tuned in to that episode. We really don't see this debate going anywhere, but we see both sides really hunkering down. Kelly, back. So he chickened out. And what he said... I think that I think that is the quote of the year. And, and before I before I say it again, I'm just going to do Indigo Matoya. Why do you keep using that word? I don't think it means what you what you think it means. Uh, science is undebatable. I, I, that was staggering to me. That he to me that was a very convenient shield to sit behind, because on the surface, looks like there may be validation to that. But here's here's the thing. For everybody to realize, and that's why truth is the most valuable asset that you have. If you are, if it is true, you have no reason to hide. You have no reason to bow out. You have no reason to to not take him up on that. And I don't know of anybody that wouldn't take $2 million for their favorite charity and sign up in a heartbeat and if you're in if you're in the truth circle that would have been a slam dunk two hundred dollars or two hundred two million dollars but it's very clear why he didn't because he knew that the information would have unbelievably damaged him yeah but it's obviously a, a chicken move and uh, I'm, I'm having to self-censor there is a, is, a, is a dummy dummy move because he knows that he's not going to be able to win the argument. But what he said was so interesting. The science, the science is undebatable. I mean, I well, am the science. He sounds like Fauci. Right. And it, it's just the most annoying thing when they say that what, you obs- what I have observed is undebatable. That almost sounds like a religious affirmation, doesn't it? Mm. Oh, my gosh, yes. And, and see, that's what science should be all about, is especially years back, um, say, like when I was in school, the interesting things about a lot of scientists was the fact that they debated about science, whether things were right or wrong. That's what we review papers were written for was to debate whether or not the facts were correct or not. And they keep doing review papers on certain things just to make sure things haven't changed. Mm-hmm. But but here's the problem is, is that, again, you know, proverbial tinfoil hat on right now, there's an agenda. There's an agenda. And whether it's an economic agenda of Pfizer getting hundreds of billions of dollars in income, and by the way, we, we now know that 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 the the uh, virus was released from from Wuhan. I think I think we can say that now on the channel without getting it struck because it's all over now. Everyone knows that it was released from the Wuhan lab, lab of vir- virology. By the way, the same lab that actually had the vaccine, uh, and it was developed out of there by the same people. 
Hmm. Who it was funded by. Hmm. By the way, I was saying this when I was on radio in in May. You remember this. I was saying this mm-hmm. on radio in May of 2020 in, in local Houston radio. But back when I had a show uh, on the airwaves, it's like, hmm, who, who, who owns part of the rights to the patent on the vaccine? Who was working in the Wuhan lab of uh, virology? Dr. Fauci. But guess what? You can't question him because he's the science. Because they want to create a new world order. You gotta trust the science. And this is what happens when you are devoid of truth. And again, I'm sorry for the gross analogy earlier, but there will come a point where you feel warm and fuzzy if you deny the biology of, of hey, look, I, I, I have to go to the bathroom. It's the middle of the night. If you deny the reality that you have to go to the bathroom and you just relieve yourself in your, in your bed, You'll feel warm and fuzzy for a while, and then you're going to feel uncomfortable, and then you're going to feel cold. And by the way, if you're in extreme temperatures, as someone who's done, you know, negative whatever camping and and, and done that, if you do that in that scenario, you will literally die. Will literally die. Denying truth. It can feel warm and fuzzy for a moment. Again, sorry for the crude analogy. It's just it is what it is. It's that stupid. It's on that level. I can't think of a better analogy for denying the truth and the consequences. When you have cut yourself off from reality, people die, you lose prosperity, and you have a situation where they're able to take everything from us. I mean, COVID, think about that. This is the biggest wealth transfer yes, sir. Yes, ever sir. to occur on earth where you had BlackRock, Vanguard, Amazon, Walmart, all these other companies ballooned two, four, ten times their size pre-pandemic. And who got wiped out? Small people. People like us who have yeah. our own business. And I will, you know, I, I will tell you that one of the things that I'm looking more and more to do is to support the local businesses. And you should look to do that i I would encourage everybody to do that i've got my reasons and i'm not going to get into it here but i think one of the best things that you can do for the perpetuity of the possibility of a middle class is to support local businesses absolutely you know and and one of the interesting things which i'm sure doesn't surprise a lot of people you know, restaurants being the number one failing business in America. Of course, during that pandemic phase, they, they remain a lot. the number one failing business immensely. They there were so just in the area that we live in, the so many restaurants were closing down. It was unreal. So many. So let, let, let's let's pull this in home because we're we're, we're coming up on the on the uh, three quarter hour here. Let's start to pull this home from a chair of theology. I think something that people really miss when when you when you look at truth in a post truth world. Who said he was the way, the truth, and the life? No one comes to the Father, but by him. Think about that for a moment, John fourteen six. Think about that for just a moment. If Jesus is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, those things are all synonymous. 
Satan wants to dissect you, take you off, kind of winnow you off and away from the truth. Mm -hmm. Because once he's done that, he has control over you. You do not control your life. I am sorry. You control your decisions. You can make, you can make judgments and you have free will. But everything else around you on the grand scheme of things, God has asked to have a relationship with you. And when God is for you, no one can stand against you. When you have divorced yourself from truth, and again, if you want to be really, really metaphysical about this, the universe from the Christian worldview, from the fundamentalist Christian worldview, the universe as it is, is a imprint of God onto a, a set of time, space, and matter. Because when God spoke, the universe existed. He spoke it into existence. How did he speak it? He sent forth from his proverbial mouth, Jesus Christ. Because you look at John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. In him, all things are made. And outside of him, there's nothing made that is made. Jesus, truth, defined reality. Satan wants nothing more than to divorce you from that understanding. Mm. That is the power that Satan wishes to take away from you. You can know what manifested, designed, and sculpted reality, including you. You can know him personally. You can have a relationship with him. And whether it is destroying the image of marriage through adultery, homosexuality, bestiality, keep going, just pedophilia, keep going, whatever it is, Satan wants to destroy our understanding of who God is. And you want to, and, and he wants to take our, our eyes off. Look, I think Satan does nothing but delights and dances at tragedies like the Ocean Gate sub Titan mm. failing. Mm. But he was championing it the whole way along through diversity, equity, inclusion, through woke ideas. He was pushing that. San Francisco, mm. same thing. Same thing with everyone who, who had a complication due to the vaccines that did not have to have complications. Okay, I'm not saying that the vaccine is or isn't this or that. I'm saying we know for a fact there are a lot of people who took the vaccine or a booster and suffered. And the fact that they do not want to debate it should make you even more concerned. Mr. Charlie. I, I think that when you, I want to tag on to what you said there. You, the natural next question, if Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I need to do two things as a person. I need to understand, did he live? Did he do what he said he did? And is he who he said he was? Jesus was resurrected from the dead. I don't know of anybody else that has ever done that. So when you think about that, if he really did resurrect from the dead, now you've got some very serious issues. Because he's conquered death, and if he's conquered death, that means that the things that he has said hold a whole lot of weight. I understand that you don't necessarily want to be accountable to somebody. But he has not given us a life that is oppressive. 
evil is in the world. It absolutely is in the world. I get that. But that doesn't mean he doesn't give you the means by which to navigate through it and in contentment and joy. And I would encourage you out there, if you are really contemplating the issue of Christianity, you're contemplating the issue of following Christ, you need to understand if Jesus is who he said he was. That's truth. I'm not going to tell you which way to believe on that. You have to come to that conclusion. But if I were to sit here and tell you, I would stand confidently that I'm giving you truth. I have nothing to hide behind. You need to seek him out. Yeah, and uh, in regards to what y'all are saying, you know, and in, and in culture, I believe, you know, I would would like to think, and I believe personally, that people like to know the truth. When you ask somebody a question, you want to hear the truth. You don't want to constantly be lied to, which is what Satan's number one operandus is, is to tell the lie. That's what he knows. That's his big thing. That's that's what his heel he stands on. And Christ is all about truth. And here's an interesting one for you here. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Hmm. Amazing. Absolutely amazing words said by Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, the truth Mr. will make you free. Mr. Producer and I were, were having a conversation with uh, a few people uh, a couple of nights ago, and we were talking, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone. I think we all kind of have a question mark of, do we spend too much time thinking about lies and death and about darkness. You said something that really sparked this in me, Mr. Steve, because God didn't create lies. God did not create darkness. God did not create death. Mm. God only created truth. He created righteousness, and he created us life. So all Satan has, when you said Satan's modus operandi is lies, all he has is lies because everything else that which is true what is reality is the domain of god mm. mm-hmm. i like that and what and what satan has left is anything but what is true that's why you should cling that's why you should cling to what is true cling to what is true this week if you liked this episode go ahead like comment share subscribe all that good stuff uh sharing is the new caring youtube loves it uh when you share they also hate it and they are actively suppressing the channel we watch them delete views by the hundreds even thousands in some cases uh so go ahead and share this podcast for those of you listening on audio guys this is a monumentous episode uh right now as of filming this and certainly after we have surpassed 
200,000 downloads all right in 104 episodes praise god indeed that means that we've done two two years worth of episodes every week and we've been blessed by your listenership thank you guys Uh, 200,000 listens and you know what let me just add one more thing onto that one of the things we don't we're not looking for accolades we're not looking for people to clap for us, blah, blah, blah. It's, that's, not, that's not the reason we do this. We do this to, to help people navigate, to think, to find their answers. And it would be encouraging to us to let us know, hey, this impacted me this way or that way. Um, you know what? If you've got negative comments, send them. Yeah. We're, we're not afraid of those. Um, and, and we'll be glad to send responses to those. Now, if you're if you're looking just to troll and heckle, please do. save it. Please do. We love it. Okay. We read them. We laugh. We have a really good time. Mr. Producer's <laughs> laughing right there. He thinks, you know, he likes, way, Elijah, he likes Elijah, Elijah the lesbian. Just keep, keep oh coming. My. It's oh so my. much material. We love reading your stuff. It's a lot of fun. That's, so please you get a good laugh. Elijah the lesbian. I'm just I'm calling you out. Go ahead and hit something in the comment section down below. But avoid those nasty words because sometimes I'm pretty sure uh, YouTube comes by and deletes it because I don't see them even in the chat, even the, yeah, because, because YouTube auto curates a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'll see that there's nine comments and only three of them show because someone used the F word, right? Like, so by the way, just right. as, a, as a tip, if you want to send us hate mail, don't call us bigots and don't use the F word and say that you're going to harm our mothers because it doesn't get through. You'll have to be do that euphemistically. Okay, you'll have to do that euphemistically if you wish to do that. Uh, so I want to read all of your comments. We do this not because it, it's a benefit. This is this show right now up up to this date has been an outlay and an expense and an effort. Yes. We we hope instead that it is a blessing that it is something that is transformative or that it is simply a comfort to you. Maybe it's something that you listen to and you say, I'm not crazy. There are people who are righteous and who Mm -hmm. are trying to be righteous in this world. Hopefully you find that solace with that said, uh, you can find us on Twitter as well at further every day. We did, we are trying the TikTok. um, it makes me sick, so we have done too much. But we are trying to do the TikTok. Uh, if I can find if I can find one of our Gen Zers to help me out with that, we will. But uh, with that so much, with that said, we love you so much. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. If you're still there, if you're still there, we did put you to sleep, or you are our super listener, uh, Mr. Charlie. Did not forget that we do this. So I'm going to go around today, and again, because it's been a weird month. Pride month's been weird, and. I really don't feel like commenting on uh, uh, on comedy wise on 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 any of that stuff or on the sub. Uh, what is your favorite Italian food? What is your favorite wow. Italian food? And Mr. Producer, I want to hear yours too. Probably goes. Boy, that's a tough one, Steve. It's a tough one. I can go spaghetti. I can go shrimp scampi. And I can go pizza. Okay. Man, I'll tell you what. Ooh, let's see here. I like spaghetti or lasagna made with deer meat. 
Mm. Oh, is man, I'll tell you when it is made with deer meat, it is. Mwah. I bet a little chicken parmesan bad, isn't bad either. Fantastic. Ooh. I bet oh, it is. Goodness. I love a good pesto, a good green or red pesto, and I like it in a pasta, uh, what have you. And Mr. Producer, Rye Rye, the producer guy, likes pizza and spaghetti. Okay. So, kind of universal. Uh, pizza and spaghetti are loved if you have a good pesto pasta. Mm. Uh, it's green. You just got to get over the fact that it's basil. Yeah. My mom used to make pesto, and man, she's from actually mm-hmm. from Sicily, and her family is, and man, she made some, oh, man, it was good. But I'll tell you, the thing is, and this is true of any authentic type of food, you want a true Italian cooking that food for you if you want to get to the very core of the taste of it. You need mama's love. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell us down in the comment section down below what your favorite Italian food is. That would be interesting. Far. I want to see mm-hmm. it in the that results. With us, we love you. For real now. Bye. 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 Bye.